Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, it was a fun weekend of basketball. There was a lot going on. Well, it wasn't all fun if you watched the Jazz lose to the Warriors. I wouldn't blame you if you bailed out on the fourth quarter of that game and went and watched the NCAA selection show. I'm at Channel 2 at that point, and we got multiple TVs, so we had everything going. But that... That was rough. The Jazz got off on the wrong foot and stayed on the wrong foot. Uh, you'll hear from Quinn Snyder, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, all coming up in the best of the Jazz postgame show in the next segment. Right now, though, we're going to talk some March Madness. Good news for BYU. They're in the tournament as a six seed, and I don't think any Cougar fans expected anything better than a six. I think some of you thought it might be a seven or eight. Some of you might have figured they always seat us two or three lines too low. We're going to be a nine. But they're not. They are a six seed. And Utah State's in as an 11. Aggie fans have got to love that because a lot of people are sweating whether they're in or not. And if they're just barely in there in their first four, but they're not in the first four. They're straight into the field of 64. They skip over the, the 68 stuff and get to the 64. So Utah State's going to play Texas Tech on TNT Friday uh, at 11.45 Mountain Time. And we're going to hear from their head coach right now. Craig Smith, that was uh, just amped up, just so amped up and sleeping pretty well, apparently. Here is the Aggies head coach. Hey, guys, it's so good to see you guys. I can't explain that. Um, um, we're excited, obviously, to, to go to the NCAA tournament and got our dancing shoes on. And I don't know much about Texas Tech, but I do know they're really well coached and they always play super hard and very, very disciplined. But we're excited. It's a culmination of, uh, you know, we got work to do. We want to go in there and. Uh, our goal every year is to get to the NCAA tournament and win when we get there. And, um, uh, but we're excited to be playing, like we've said all year. Um, you know, our metrics were really, really good. Um, when you look at the net and Ken Palm and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually really similar to two years ago uh, in terms of our numbers. So uh, it's a good thing. You know, that tournament we played in early on, starting out one and two, three teams from that tournament got, a, got at large bids. We knew that was going to be a great turn tournament and even when we signed up for it at that time Creighton was in the tournament obviously they made it uh, Wichita State was supposed to be our first opponent uh, and they got in at large as well so you know there was a lot of maybe not like big time name brand teams in that tournament but we knew there was a lot of really good teams Northern Iowa was a team that was projected to be first or second in the valley uh, and then their best player went down for the year so uh, that was a really good win for us but you know, it's been a, a long year in some respects just because of all the COVID protocols and just uh, being unsure. Even this morning when we tested, you're just on pins and needles, you know. To, it felt like a victory when we all tested negative this morning. Um, I tell you, though, it's been a, an amazing season. And these group, this group has been a, it's a special, special group. And I would have said that if we wouldn't have made the NCAA tournament, these guys get along so well. We have great chemistry. We're very young when you look at the whole roster. Um, but these guys stuck through it through a lot of times. You know, I said it on the postgame show yesterday. We, we go in January and February and don't have a home game for 42 days. Like, that's hard to do. And it's not like we were shut down. You know, we had, a, I guess, a 15-day window there where we didn't play games or, you know, roughly 15 and then had some adversity late with some injuries. And we just kept charging, kept coming, never made excuses. Our guys weren't hanging their heads. Uh, we just had an attitude that craved improvement and just kept chopping wood and kept getting better. And I loved how we finished the season. Obviously, last night was a little disappointing, a few plays here or there. Um, but, you know, the goal every year is to make the NCAA tournament. I think it's the third time in the history of Utah State, maybe the fourth. 
um, to get an at-large bid. And it's just like a good poker game, right? If you got a chip in a chair, um, you got a chance at the ultimate prize. And so that will open it up to any questions. So Craig, this is Jeff Hunter. What, what's your schedule? I like now your background, you're Jeff. I think we might need yeah, to do yeah. that this summer. We'll go climb that in the summer. Uh, <laughs> are you going business. right to Indianapolis then? What's that? Vegas? You're going right to Indianapolis? Yeah, we're actually in Las Vegas yeah. right now. We're in our, uh, we have this huge ballroom with so, for social distancing. And so we just watched this selection show um, earlier. And, and that was one of the protocols um, from the NCAA slash Mountain West Conference is, you know, we knew we were obviously a bubble team coming in and the Mountain West asked us to stay here. Um, because of this sort of thing. So the NCAA will be flying a plane in here and we'll be leaving the Indy and uh, within, I think, a couple hours. And so um, um, our bags are packed and, and we can't wait to roll. We packed for a couple of weeks. And some of the guys even did laundry last night. <laughs> nice. You still don't know what location you're going to be at though, right? Which No, we don't. And um, we don't. Uh, we don't, you know, I know I, I didn't even see it. I just saw the Texas tech pop up and Utah state is the 11. And uh, I didn't look at what day we're playing. I think it's Friday is what Steve Grabowski or uh, our director of operations said. So uh, I don't know that there's any time set or anything like that, but um, so I don't know any of the logistics. Coach um, Alex with the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, congrats on the bid. Um, Thanks Alex. You're welcome. You've told me and media time and time again that during the season, you don't watch prognosticators. You don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. Um, how much were you paying attention to it today? And how nervous were you um, just kind of as the selection show was, was rolling on? Um, honestly, I had a very calm feeling. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Uh, well, last night I had a great night of sleep, but the previous three nights, there wasn't a lot of sleep. Uh, maybe the night before the championship game, just simply... So really short prep. We had COVID. We had to leave on a bus at 8:15 for COVID testing. Um, I, I fell asleep last night at literally 8:40 at night, and I'm a night owl, but I was <laughs> exhausted. I had an amazing night of sleep, and I woke up really calm. Uh, I just felt good about where we were at. You know, you, the Mountain West had a great year. Uh, the the top five teams I thought were very very good, and um, and we finished second in the regular season. We obviously got to the championship game. I knew our metrics were really, really sound, were really good. I mean, the, our metrics were, like I said, very, very comparable to where we were two years ago. Now, I didn't know that until after the championship game, but we have a couple guys on our staff that fo followed this really close. I knew we played a good non-conference schedule, uh, and I knew we had to overcome. I mean, uh, you know, like I said the other night, we, we like, I test positive for COVID before BYU, and we – you know, we could have not played that game, but everything checked out with contact tracing and whatnot. And we wanted to play. And that's been our motto all year long. Even at the end, we wanted to play. And so um, I wasn't, I mean, I was pretty calm. Now, obviously, when it gets up on the screen in that first region, I think it was the West region, you go through it and you see Wichita State is 11. You kind of get a little bit like, uh, but then after I thought about it for a second, I thought that really helped us that they were an 11 and seeing UC Santa Barbara as a 12. Uh, I thought it, that showed that it valued, you know, not just the BCS schools. And, and then obviously with our name being called in, and, and, and being an 11 seed and not the plan, 
you know, it, it all added up and I thought it made sense. So I, I felt uh, comfortable, but I'm not going to say there wasn't a few times where you're just thinking about it. I looked at my first Lenardi um, tweet uh, for the first time today. And so, you know, I, I truly don't pay a lot of attention to that. I knew more this year than the last two years, just because we had more downtime, you know, when we had that one game in 21 days or whatever, um, there was just a little more downtime. So I had a little bit of a feel. And then of course, when we lost last night, I was asking some of our Steve Grabowski, Brandon Ubel, Kern Walsh really pay a lot of attention to what's going on with that stuff. Coach uh, Al Lewis here. You said you haven't looked at Texas tech, but Chris Beard coached one of your guys. I'm sure yeah. you had to talk to him about that. And Beard was supposed to be the coach of UNLV before he took the job at Texas tech. It came open and things like that. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Beard's a great guy. He's a great coach. Um, I, he took the UNLV job, I think for 48 hours or whatever it might be. Actually, my agent is the same agent that Chris has. Um, Brett just who's, does a, who's really, really good. And so there's a connection that way. And then of course, you know, when Matt Mooney decided to, you know, was a heck of a player for us at the University of South Dakota, an all-league guy, was in the NBA for a, for a little bit last year and just got done with his G League stuff. And um, it, it's ironic because he texted me uh, the night after we beat Colorado State, good luck in the championship. I texted him this morning, um, thanks, you know, I feel good about where we're at. And he goes, and, and um, he, he's going to try to go to Indy to be at a game and ironically, and he literally sent that in the text, I could show it to you. And I, how ironic is it that we're playing? Of course, he went to Texas Tech as a grad transfer after we came to Utah State. And, and Coach Beard reached out about Matt, um, just trying to get a, you know, kind of what kind of person is he? What kind of kid is he? All that, all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know Chris real, real well, but I know him well enough, if that makes sense. And, and, and through Matt Mooney. And of course they played in the national title game that year. And uh, Matt was a big part of that. And of course, Marco was there for that. Yeah. And Mark, yeah, exactly. Marco was there uh, participating in that game. And that was an unbelievable game. Uh, my family and I were there watching it firsthand and, and uh, cheering on Matt in the, in red Raider and the red Raiders. And of course, um, um, uh, coach Wells, right. Our football coach, of course. And we played in Lubbock, um, early January against New Mexico and had a chance to reconnect with, uh, with Matt Wells while, while we were down there, he came to the games. We'll go one more question for coach. Yeah, coach. Um, obviously because of COVID last year, nobody who made the tournament was able to compete in it. How much more special maybe does this bid mean for you guys after winning the conference tournament and kind of not being able to get the chance to play. Yeah, certainly that was a tough pill to swallow. I, I still feel, I feel bad for, you know, our seniors last year and Sam and Diogo and Abel and Roche, um, because that's, you know, you get four years in your life or maybe five to be able to participate in something like that. Uh, I haven't really looked at my text, but I did just scroll through and Abel and Sam both texted. And so that's pretty cool. Diogo Brito um, sent some direct messages before the tournament and after, after the, even after we lost it, uh, I woke up this morning and there was a message from Diogo. And so that's a pretty cool thing. We always, we pride our team, our, our team being a family and having great culture. You can see by the sweatshirt and, um, and it's really a, it's one of the most rewarding things for a coach is when former 
guys that have played in your program and been a part of it come back and we bring them into the locker room or watch practice or they send out texts or they send happy father's day or whatever it might be. It's a really unique thing that, that shows the bond that we've been able to create and develop. Um, so I think for, I can't speak for the guys that were a part of that team last year, but certainly, you know, for myself, that is a void and this doesn't overcome that. That'll always be, you know, something that happened, but at the same time, this team is a different team. We have nine guys that didn't play one at the start of the year. We had nine guys that never played a minute for the Aggies. Now we have eight and, and this is a whole different team. You know, there was a lot of naysayers out there that, you know, with the losing of, with us losing some very good guards and some veteran guys, you know, the jury was out, but uh, I give so much credit to our upperclassmen, the leadership that they provided and just, it was transformational. You know, you could just see it happening in front of your eyes where guys like, you know, Alfonso Anderson and Brock Miller and Namish Keda and Justin Bean and Marco Anthony just took over. And it truly was a transformational thing if you just pay any attention at all to what's going on with the group dynamics and team dynamics. And I just, I'm just so proud of what they were able to do. And I said that to him last night after we lost when we didn't know if we were going to make it or not. And man, um, they carried the torch and brought it to a whole nother level. And it's an exciting team and, and we'll see what we can do, you know, in a week. There's the Aggies head coach, Craig Smith, as they get ready for Texas Tech on Friday in the NCAA tournament. Three years on the job, he's had him in the tourney every year. Obviously, they didn't get to play last year, but they had an automatic bid after winning the conference tournament. So he has done a heck of a job. And you got to wonder how long before someone comes with a, uh, you know, from a, a Power Five conference with a lot of football money and tries to pry him out of Logan because he's had a great, a great three year run in Logan. All right, we can take a break. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post game show, Cougar reaction to the NCAA tournament after that. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. The Jazz lose to the Warriors. Turnovers, fast break points, some of the same problems that bugged him at the end of the Houston game. Here's Jake with the wrap-up. True Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Tough day yesterday for the Utah Jazz. They lose to the Golden State Warriors in San Francisco 131-119. to A game where very little defense was played by anybody not named Rudy Gobert for the Utah Jazz. Rudy had a historic night. It just came in a loss. For the Warriors, Steph Curry at 32. Andrew Wiggins at 28. Draymond Green with a triple-double, 11 points, 12 assists, and 12 rebounds. Uh, even James Wiseman coming in off the bench at 16 points in 23 minutes. I mean, Golden State pretty much did whatever they wanted. As far as Jazz go, I mentioned Rudy. Career-high, Jazz franchise-high, 28 rebounds for Rudy yesterday uh, to go along with 24 points. He also had two steals and four block shots. Just a monster day for Rudy, but it came in a loss. Uh, Donovan had 24. Um, 
He had a tough night on the turnover front, though. Four turnovers. Uh, Mike Conley with 23. Jordan Clarkson had 21 coming in off the bench. But again, defense, big problem for the Utah Jazz yesterday, and they come away with the L. Let's hear some uh, post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hey, Coach, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Quinn. So after the uh, Houston game the other night, you described the performance as very poor. Uh, seems like after the defensive effort tonight, there's there's still yet more room to improve. Uh, what would you say the primary issue was tonight? Well, we you know we, we didn't execute the way that we need to, um, whether that be you know being shifted on the weak side um, to protect the rim, protect on rolls when we were you know we were trying to get the ball out of Steph's hands. Um, but if we're going to do that, um, we got to protect the rim and, and he can't get nine three. So this, the, 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 we didn't really take our execution was such that we, we didn't take enough things away. Um, you know, and they obviously capitalized on that, but we've got to be more focused in, in what we want to do from an execution standpoint and um, make it happen out on the court. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, another 2020 game for Rudy. He told me that it's on him to set the tone defensively. How has he grown this year as far as his maturity and focus on that end? Well, I think he's keeping his focus. Um, and there's times when Rudy could let what's happening on one end of the floor you know, impact the other. Um, he's just been much more consistent with that. Uh, you know, when he does that, you know, he's obviously very impactful. Next up, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, you closed the game with Joe Ingles in the rotation. What was you know, just kind of into that? Uh, what went into that decision making? Well, we've done that, you know, before we've closed with different guys. You know, in this case, Joe um, playing pick and roll. Um, his ability to create some off the dribble. They had Draymond on Donovan, obviously, and um, able to get some other guys off the ball. And, you know, when Joe was in there, he was making some plays. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. I'm going to ask because I don't know, but is, is Derek Favors at 100% physically? Because it doesn't seem like he's maybe moving as well as maybe the, the Favors that we, we know from the past time here. No, we, you know, throughout the game, you know, there, there's things that um, Fabes, you, you saw him on the offensive blast tonight. Um, he was really aggressive. And, you know, it's no no one guy that, you know, we had some struggles with, you know, that 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 bench lineup during that stretch. But that that's not any one person. That's all. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team uh, struggled to come out with a loss to the Golden State Warriors, 131 to 119. Uh, coming up in the players' uh, sound, you're going to hear a lot of talk about defensive struggles. And the Warriors shot 56% from the field against the Jazz yesterday, 51.5% from three, 16 of 31. Just could not get stops. Let's uh, get that postgame sound for you. Let's start off with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Donovan. We'll have our first question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Don. So, uh, Golden State tonight, 56% from the field, better than 50% from three. What were they doing so well, and, and what's kind of, you know, is there something you guys are struggling with defensively in these first couple games back? Um, I think it's attention to detail, understanding that teams are going to come out and uh, 
give us their best shot. You know, they came out hot. They just lost by, I believe, 30 to, to L.A. You know, Steph was animated throughout the game, and their post-game comments, we knew they were going to come out with that energy. Uh, we just got to be ready for it. Um, I think that was great. Turnovers hurt us. I got four. Somebody else had four. It doesn't matter, but, like, that that hurts. You know, being able to execute. We came back, but, you know, they were determined. We just kept trying to fight, but, you know, at the end of the day, they came out and were the aggressor. We didn't respond. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Just TV. John, you told me before Rudy's had these 2020 games, but this year there's something different. What are you seeing as the difference there? Um, it's being stronger, you know, just as a whole, finishing, understanding where he needs to be, grabbing the board, the men in the boards. You know, I think that's that's what we see. You know, the hunger for getting fouled and being strong with the ball. Um, he does what he does on the defensive end, but, you know, when we throw it up there, you know, being strong with the understanding guys are going to try and, you know, come and grab it out of his hands. He's keeping the ball high, dunking the ball, um, just taking his that part of his game to another level, and that's what we saw tonight. I think he almost had 30 rebounds. Like, you know, that's that's it's, incre- it's incredible, to be honest, but, you know, um, that's that's what I would say is the difference. You know, he's being more aggressive, you know, wants the contact, finishing through contact, and, you know, you're seeing it. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Can you hear me? John, you guys are usually such a good uh, transition defense team. I mean, what is it that's happened the last couple of games that really you guys haven't hard, been It's hard when you turn the ball over. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the defense. I think it's the turnovers, you know, that, that kill us. Um, you know, that, that hurts. It, it's tough to match up and tough to communicate and all those different things when we're airing passes. Um, little things like that. If we take care of the ball, I think that'll definitely help us. Um, but then when we do make a mistake, it's being able to fix it. But when you – how many we have tonight? I mean, we have 14, but, you know, some of them are pivotal. You know, some of them are in big moments and certain stretches that didn't – that compounded. You know, they're hitting tough shots, they're hitting shots, and then you get a turnover. You know, that, that makes it feel like it's worse than it is, and then it affects different things. So we take care of the ball. I think those things kind of fall into line. Last question, Nicole Tab Deportes. Hi, Donovan. What do you think was the big challenge uh, in the matchup today with the Stephen Curry? Um, you know, he's he's tough. You know, he's gonna get up, get open look or get looks. You know, we gotta be able to limit them. You know, we he came out, you know, start the game, you know, came out strong and you know, didn't look back from there. You know, we did a good job of it in the second quarter and part of the third, but you know, we gotta understand that, you know, he is who he is and we gotta go out there and try and find ways to limit his attempts, limit his catches. Um and it definitely helped that other guys were making shots, you know, with Jordan Poole, I think had twenty, uh Kelly Wiggs, everybody was making shots, so you know, it made it tougher, but you know, understanding that he's He's Steph Curry for a reason, and we just got to find ways to, you know, limit his attempts. That's that's the biggest thing if you can, you know, because you know when he gets it, he's such a dynamic player that he's going to do something productive with the ball. So um, he was able to get off and get get in certain actions and, and get his, and that opened up to everything else. And then also guys being able to score outside of him definitely helped as well. That was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan twenty four points, four assists, but did have those four turnovers. And you heard him talking about it. Uh, tough night for Donovan. Uh, let's keep it going. Let's hear from. Rudy Gobert. All right, we'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So, Golden State shoots 56% from the field, better than 50 from three-point range. Uh, what did you guys need to do better defensively tonight? I thought in the, in the first half, uh, our offense really affected our defense. You know, we... Uh, 
we took a few bad shots, we turned it over a few times, and uh, you know when every, every time we were guarding half court, it was a little harder on them. Um, in the second half, you know, I think uh, I mean obviously Steph, Steph is Steph, uh, but uh, some of these other guys got way too much, you know, easy stuff, and you know we could have done a much, much better job guarding it. You know we. I think we're just going to play better defense as a team. You know, teams are just going at us. Um, and we have to realize that, you know, if we don't take pride, you know, uh, on the defensive end, all of us, um, every single game, uh, we don't put ourselves in the best position to win. And when the team, you know, is uh, is going to make shots, you know, maybe if they don't make as many shots, we still win the game. But when, uh, when the team's going to make shots, uh, they're going to be in a position to win. And that's not what we, that's not the team that we want to be. Nicholas Colehuber, Sport 365. Hi, Rudy. Uh, 27 rebounds tonight. It's your season, your career high in NBA. How do you feel about it? I mean, uh, I don't really care, you know, to be honest. Um, there's going to be a lot of nights like this. Uh, for, for me, it's just uh, I thought I could have done a better job defensively uh, on many on many uh, occasions, and uh, you know the rebounds. I mean, some games you're gonna get 20, some games you're gonna get 10, but I think uh, I gotta do a better job uh, defensively. Maxime, the free agent. Uh, I really uh, so you you say indifferent, but the, the problem is that. Uh, uh, what can you do more personally? You, can, you you can't do anything more, I guess. I mean, I'm always looking for ways uh, and things that I can do better to help my teammates. Uh, obviously, we know we can play. You, it's got to be as a team. We got to play defense as a team. And, uh, you know, I'm going to you know, keep watching film and, uh, you know, keep finding ways to... Uh, help my teammates, you know, and, uh, and you know, we all got to look into the mirror, uh, see, uh, you know, uh, what we can do better individually and uh, and make sure that it fits into, uh, you know, what we're doing collectively. I think we, uh, for the last two games, you know, we, we kind of lost um, our principles defensively, you know. Every night is different. Every night we're doing something different and, and a lot of guys don't know it's hard for a lot of guys to to do uh, to think about doing a lot of different things. So once again, we gotta come back to who we are. You know, come back to what we do best defensively, and uh, and we gotta dictate and not let teams dictate what we do because the the, the greatest teams in in this league are, are the ones that dictate to the other teams and not the opposite. Okay, last one. Follow up from Eric Walden. Rudy, you had mentioned that, uh, especially in the first half, the turnovers kind of led to a lot of transition opportunities for them. What do you guys need to do better specifically to kind of help that transition defense uh, perform more efficiently? I thought every time we, we were moving the ball and just getting off the ball, uh, we were getting great shots. Uh, and uh, even if we miss those shots, we're able to get back in defense because those shots are, are just good shots. You know, all we get to the rim and we get fouled. Um, but when we kind of dribble too much and, and do all that stuff, it's uh, we go back to, I mean, I'd like to see the numbers on this, but I feel like our efficiency goes way down. And, you know, and teams are, kind of, are, are doing a good job at trying to 
put us in the situation when we we we, we stop moving it and it's on us to you know keep that, that awareness and keep that focus and you know when we when we're tired or when we you know things don't go our way uh you know keep the emphasis on you know moving the ball and uh and then when we do that you know we have a, a lot of great shooters we have a lot of guys that are great finishing at the rim and we have uh two of the best you know uh creators donovan and mike in, in the league so you know when we when we move the ball and we and we do that it's really really hard to guard and it, it really affects uh our defense uh, in a positive way and what we don't it affects our defense in a negative way so I think we know it by now. You know, it's just on us to, uh, you know, keep fighting through this and, uh, you know, and, and find ways to not let anybody take us out of our mindset offensively. That was Rudy. What a monster day for Rudy in the losing effort. 24 points, 28 rebounds. Eight of those were offensive. He had four block shots and two steals. You know, not that plus minus tells the whole story, but Rudy was plus 11 on a night where the Jazz lost 131 uh, to 119. Let's wrap up player sound with Mike Conley. Hey, Mike. We'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. Uh, so just to start off with, I guess, simply what was kind of the biggest issue defensively tonight? Um, we had a number of issues tonight. I thought that, um, you know, our rotations were a little slow. Uh, we knew that we were going to be aggressive on Steph's pick and rolls. And, um, and when that ball got moving around for them, they got some easy shots. But more so than anything, it wasn't necessarily a half court. It was our, our ability to, you know, we were turning the ball over and giving them, you know, easy free layups and, and, and free opportunities on the other end in transition. And you know, those, those are backbreakers in games like this where, you know, we're just trying to scratch and claw at everything we can get and trying to find some kind of rhythm. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey, Mike, I just wanted to ask you about this trip, um, just kind of going all around the country. How do you guys go about handling that travel? Um, you know, Day by day right now, we know, we, uh, you know, everybody in this league is, is going to have a, a trip or two that's just unusual. Um, ours is coming up with, we got a six hour flight tomorrow uh, to Boston. So um, and it's something that, you know, we just have to take it, you know, like I said, day by day, go in and get our minds right that, you know, we're going to be some nights we're not going to sleep as well as others. Some some nights we got to go to bed early. Some Sometimes we got to get up a little earlier. So, um just get our minds, our mental, you know, right for, for that kind of uh, travel and, and uh, the competition that's going to come from it. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Mike, Rudy said that it's on him to set the tone defensively. What have you seen from him as far as that leadership and his? Well, I, I thought Rudy's been, you know, Obviously, you know what he is for us defensively, but his his ability to be vocal and uh, communicate to all of us, especially as guards, uh, gives us the confidence to, to pressure and uh, get in passing lanes and just be more aggressive uh, defensively. And it definitely starts with him and, and his activity and his his leadership vocally. Um, you know, so hopefully we continue to get more of that from him, and and uh, each guy individually holds each other, you know, accountable uh, going forward. And we just have to, you know, go out there and just be better in all facets defensively. There's Mike Conley. Uh, he had 23 points on eight of 15 shooting. He also had six assists, but to no avail. The Jazz lose to the Warriors, 131 to 119. Next up, Jazz take on the Celtics uh, coming up tomorrow night on TNT TNT game. Uh, that game will tip off 5:30. Pre-game coverage begins at. 4. 
4.30. There is the best of the postgame show. When we come back, BYU basketball headed to the NCAA tournament. They're going to play the first round game Saturday night on Channel 2, CBS primetime against UCLA or Michigan State. We will hear from the Cougars next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. BYU is a six seed waiting for the winner of Michigan State and UCLA for their NCAA tournament debut Saturday night, 740 on Channel 2, CBS Primetime. Alex Parcello, one of the guys that the, the Cougars as a team don't have tournament experience because they didn't get to go last year, although they would have been in. Uh, and before that, they hadn't qualified, qualified since 2015. But they've actually got four transfers on the team who played in the tournament, including Alex Barcelo. Here he is with the media. Alex, congratulations on uh, being able to play in this tournament. Just a question for you. Um, it's a historical thing. Last year, you guys qualified with a pretty good seed, it looked like, and then there was no tournament. This year you're in there. Would, should history record this, that you have been in two NCAA tournaments with BYU, even though there was no tournament? How should we mark that up? I mean, I'd love to say yes, um, but really there's no telling, you know. Maybe put an ashes next to, next to last year's for us. But, uh, man, we're so excited for this opportunity to go shock the world. What's your feelings? Explain them. Um, super excited, super motivated. Uh, really, I got a lot of energy flowing through me right now. I feel like I got a new pair of legs right now. Um, just so excited for this opportunity. I think I think we're going to shock a lot of people, and I know we're going to be ready to play. Alex, when you transferred here and, and committed to Mark Pope, was this what you envisioned being in these stages and and playing with the chance to, to play for you know the in March Madness? Definitely, for sure. You know. Um, one thing that stuck out to me about Pope on my official and when he was recruiting me was just he, wa- he wanted to play the best. I mean, he wanted to see what his, t- his team was made of, what his coaches were made of, what his players were made of, and uh, that's exactly what we've been doing, and I'm, I'm just so excited for this. How do you feel the experience you guys have accumulated this year of prepping for a team on short notice? It feels like you've had that experience many times. How can that maybe help you when you're waiting for the winner of the first four matchup? Uh, I think it can help us a lot. You know, after the selection show, we went in the locker room and kind of joked about it. It's, it's what we've done all year, you know. On short notice, we've had a scout for really good teams, and that's exactly what we're going to do with this Michigan State-UCLA game. Both really great, great teams, um, play at a high level, and, uh, you know, we're going to be as prepared as we can. Go ahead, Darnell, and then Jeff Call. Alex, last year – uh, the feeling was was pretty desolate coming out with no selection Sunday and no NCAA tournament. Can you contrast how you're feeling now with what that was like? Night and day, uh, if I can word that perfectly. Um, that's exactly how my feelings were today. Just, uh, man, it, it was so exciting seeing our name pop up and, um, you know, seeing it pop up next to six was unbelievable. And uh, like I said before, we're just so grateful and 
are really excited for this opportunity. You just go shock a lot of a lot of people. Alex, uh, what does it mean to you to play on a team that this will be Coach Pope's first NCAA tournament experience as a head coach? Uh, what does that mean to you to know you'll be, you know, enjoying that experience with him? It means everything, you know. Um, only we know how hard it was to get to this point, how hard we had to work, and uh, the ups and downs that we had throughout the season. Um, it it kind of it means everything to me. Um, the fact that he had the, the trust uh, and belief in me to, to come here and to play at this high level and then the vision that he had for my career personally and the vision he had for our entire team, uh, it, mean, it means a lot to me as, a, as an individual, and I know it means a lot to our team. And uh, we're, we're going to do everything we can to take coach and, and our team as far as we can. What was your reaction when you saw the uh, matchup against either UCLA or Michigan State? What do you know about those two teams at this point? Motivated. We know they're they both really great teams. Um, you know, they're really well coached. Um, you know, they're fast-paced team. Uh, we, we were kind of in practice last uh, last few days kind of guessing the matchups that we've had and that we would have uh, today. And one of the teams was Michigan State, you know, just playing as physical as we can, um, guarding in transition and trying to crash the boards as hard as we can. So uh, we, we know, you know, every, every game's going to be a battle, but we're, we're, we're ready for it. Go, let's go, uh, Sean, and then Jake. Yeah, Alex, you've uh, you've spoken pretty openly with us, and then I I remember that deep blue feature you did with BYU TV a few weeks back about how how BYU kind of brought you back and, and sort of helps you to sort of bring back. Do you feel like this bid? I mean, it's the first turning bid for BYU in in five years, I think. Do you feel like this kind of helps give back a little bit what BYU has given to you, maybe? Definitely, for sure. Um, you know, I'd say a hundred percent. I want to, when I committed here, I, I told myself and I told the coaching staff I was going to pour my heart out uh, to this university and, you know, try to repay them for that belief they've had in me and the trust that they had in me. And uh, I'm so excited to, to wear that Brigham Young on the front of our jerseys and, you know, carry that name throughout this tournament. Alex, with you guys heading to Indiana, obviously you guys are going to be holed up in that hotel. You had any thought of what you're going to do to spend the time, pass the time, I guess? Uh, well, first and foremost, we're going to try to stay on top of our studies, um, you know, make sure that, that we're all getting uh, as good a grades as we can, um, go, you know, having study hall and hitting the books. And then we're going to, we're going to try and play a couple games once we get out of our quarantine for the first day, day and a half and uh, try to have some fun with it. I know we talked about a couple things like hide-and-go-seek uh, throughout the entire hall or laser tag or, you know, Mario Kart, wh whatever it is. I, I know we're going we're gonna to have some pretty crazy ideas, and, and we're going to have fun with it. And obviously, you guys have been working so hard for this. It, to know that it's so close now, obviously, you still got to get through all this testing and everything throughout the rest of this coming week and everything. But does it feel good to finally be at this point? Definitely for sure. But like you said, we got, we got a couple more tests that we need to pass and um, we're just going to, we're in lockdown right now and we're just, we're just trying to be as mature as we can and not, not catch COVID and just continue, continue to battle against this adversity. 
Okay, uh, last question, Mitch, and then we'll get to Coach. Yeah, Alex, what gives you and your teammates confidence that you guys could potentially make a run in this tournament? The way we play, how much growth we've had throughout the season. You know, we've been in a lot of games where um, it's played out either way for us. It's played out really well for us um, in games like San Diego State. It hasn't played out so well for us like our, our last game against Gonzaga. But uh, just being able to, to fight throughout the entire 40 minutes of each game, um, whether it's close, whether it's a blowout or, you know, whether we're down, um, I think that's helped us a lot throughout this season with our growth. And I think it's going to help us a lot throughout this tournament because we know every game is going to be, you know, it's winter go home now. So it's going to be a war. There's Alex Barcelo. He's got tournament experience. Now, this will be Mark Pope's first game as a coach in the NCAA tournament, but he played in Kentucky in the glory days. So he knows all about NCAA tournament games. Here's Mark Pope. I mean, how fun is March, right? It's, um, it's on now, guys. And so these guys work really hard to have a chance to be here. And we're really excited about it. Okay, uh, Dick, if you want to ask the first question, let's go to PK, Jake, Mitch, and then Darnell. Yeah, Coach, I was asking some of the players, uh, especially Alex, uh, you guys qualified last year with a pretty good seed, but then you didn't get to play. Should we be counting in, in history that you, you're two for two going to the NCAA tournament? I, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I'm not sure. I do know that, um, I do know that we've had an incredible sense of urgency all season long, not just to, not just to, um, to, to play well and grow together as a team, but also just the last, you know, the last week, even more heightened than ever with Kansas and Virginia and seeing the, and, you know, seeing these teams go away. Uh, you know, we've had, um, you know, we've been just doing everything we can to stay healthy. I, I do think that, you know, be, because of what happened last year, we just have this incredible sense of urgency to to stay healthy and to and to play well. And I think we also have an unbelievable amount of gratitude for the opportunity we have to do this. Um, right before uh, we met on the court, um, Alex and the staff and I uh, jumped on a Zoom call with all seven of our seniors from last year. And um, we keep in close touch with them, but I just wanted to hit them up today and um, recognize um, that, that, you know, they laid their own foundation for us to have this opportunity this year and, and how much a part of this they are. They taught us how to lead and they taught us how to sacrifice for each other and they taught us how to compete. And um, so I, I don't know about any consideration like that. I just know that, um, you know, this is, this is, been a long winding story to finally get a chance to play in postseason and I know our guys right now are so grateful and I know our guys that missed out on it last year are, are also super grateful and cheering for us and so um, we're just excited I mean we're grateful for this opportunity Coach going back from your days in Kentucky as you know the great programs in this country in college basketball they're defined by success in the NCAA tournament now, this will be your first appearance. You probably would have made it last year. But is that a level that you want your program going forward to be defined by success in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think that you are. You know, I, listen, I think, I think you're going to be defined by everything, right? You're going to be defined by, you know, how you recruit. You're going to be defined by what your regular season's like, what your non-conference is like, and what your postseason's like. And, and um, they all kind of go together. I, I think that... 
um, you know, uh, this is this is this is the most um, momentarily recognizable part of any program's production is right here in the tournament. I mean, this one shining moment, right? Stan frozen time. Um, uh, you know, I got to live through this as a player and it is, you have moments in this tournament because the whole world is paying attention in that moment, um, that people can remember forever, uh, not just BYU Cougar fans, but, but the world. Right. And so, um, certainly, uh, you know, all of our guys are so excited to have a chance to take a big swing at this and, 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 and to leave their mark on this hallowed, NCAA tournament experience. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a huge deal. And I think, um, you know, every, you know, we're always going to be evaluated by everything, but this is certainly a huge slice of that. Thank you. Go ahead, Jake. And then Mitch. Coach, you guys are here on the doorstep finally of just making it to the NCAA tournament. What are your guys' uh, plans for when you guys are in the bubble there and how to pass the time, et cetera? Yeah, we've been talking about a lot, uh, talking about a lot, a lot about that. So the first thing is we got to get on this plane tomorrow. You know, we we, we passed our test again today. Uh, I think I, I think we have to take one right before we leave or right when we get there tomorrow. So we just got to get to the bubble. That's that's my biggest sense of urgency. Um, you know, like I said, when you know when when we found out that I can't remember how it was. It was Duke the day before, and then it was. It was Virginia and then Kansas back to back, and I'm telling you guys, I had some PTSD. PTSD, like it, it you know, it, it was like there's no way that we're gonna miss this thing. And then 12 hours later, the whole thing was shut down, right? And so we just got to get on this plane first, and then once we get to the bubble, you know me, guys, we've thought of all kind of ridiculously stupid stuff that we're gonna be doing this bubble. You think about it, you got these, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. Um, we're going to be quarantined in our room for probably 24 hours where you can't even leave your room. You're stuck in your room by yourself. And, um, and then, uh, you know, and then, and then essentially for the next five days, we're going to be in the hotel. The only time we can leave uh, our floor is to, is to go to practice for an hour and 50 minutes to go to lift for 45 minutes. And then the time we have in our meeting space. And so these guys are going to be really, really quarantined. Uh, I imagine they'll get stir crazy. So, so we got a lot of uh, st- a lot of things planned that hopefully you'll see registering um, some interest on social media. I'll just tease you. I'll just tease you with that. All right. And then I also wanted to ask you: you got either Mick Cronin or Tom Izzo, who you'll be facing in this game. Thoughts on facing two of the like, legendary figures in this sport? Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, come on. They're two of the best coaches to ever coach this game in college basketball. And and uh, what's actually fun about it is. Um, we were together at Maui last year. Um, it was Mick's first year, and it was, it was coaches of, I don't know, was, you know, but um, both those guys, legendary status, and, and they're both such extraordinary coaches, and they're both such great human beings. And so, I mean, if you're going to go play in the NCAA tournament, you probably want to have Michigan State and UCLA right there, uh, you know, get a chance to play one of them. And um, so that's incredibly exciting, and you shouldn't ask for any more. Mark, what did you think of your program receiving a six seed? Do you feel like that was the appropriate seed for the resume you guys built? Um, it's so hard to tell what is appropriate. I think we thought we were going to be somewhere from a six to an eight um, is what we're anticipating. So, you know, we, we knew after the first, after the first bracket, um, we knew that 
we were not going to be up till the fourth. So I'm not going to lie. When the eight, nine went by, I was really excited. I was, I was super happy when the eight, nine went by, they go one sixteen and then eight, nine and move down the row. And then, you know, they did, the, they did that group and they did the bottom half of that, that East bracket. And, and we were thinking, man, let us be the first name called because that's the six. And sure enough, it worked out that way. And the only thing that made it better was it were the six and, and we get to play a playing game with UCLA and Michigan state. Right. And so, um, ironically perfectly fit in, in the COVID world. We don't know who we're preparing for. We're going to prepare for two teams all week long, but that's exactly what it seems like we've done all season long. So our guys kind of laugh about that and that's how it fits. You know, this NCAA tournament, man, you know, you, you get a chance to get in and then, and then you just put your whole heart and soul into trying to steal a moment. And that's what we're going to try and do. And, you want the drama and you want the names and you want the, you know, you want the whole deal. And, and we're going to get our full, full share of that. It's pretty awesome. Here's BYU basketball coach, Mark Pope. We are going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending more on the NCAA tournament, more on the NBA jazz. Weren't the only team in the West to lose. There's some shocking scores. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us.